Both head coaches in this rivalry, Mike Norvell at Florida State, Mario Cristobal at Miami, have plenty of pressure on them this weekend, but for very different reasons. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Three days until Miami faces Florida State in Tallahassee. I am Alex Dono, University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much to the everydayers for making Locked on Canes your first listen. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 bucks in if your team wins. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. To help us break down everything from the quarterback situation to recruiting, let's talk with our recruiting overlord, Brian Smith, who does a fantastic job all over the Locked On Network, and of course, he is uh, my colleague at allhurricanes.com, brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Brian, how are you, sir? Coffeeed up and uh, ready for this long week. <laughs> it is one of the best rivalries in all of American sport, and I am all in on it. Here's the way that I look at, there. there's a lot of pressure on both coaches. Like, for Mike Norvell, the pressure is, Florida State's in the top four. He's trying to keep them in that top sure. four. If you lose to Miami this weekend, that puts your college – it doesn't kill them, but it puts your college football playoff hopes in jeopardy, uh, right? Because you'd like to think if he can win the ACC, they could still slide in. But there's no guarantee there. And not to mention, with Florida State you know, looking so much better on paper than Miami, you can't lose to Miami at home in front of 100-plus recruits if you're Mike Norvell. So there's pressure there. On the Mario Cristobal side of things, I know people don't want to hear me say this, but – there's less pressure to actually win the game outright. Not that we don't want that to happen, but I think the pressure comes from making the right decision when it comes to who your starting quarterback is going to be, because that's a big one. And that's got the fan base talking and keeping the game competitive, if not winning the game outright. So there's, there's plenty of pressure. Cause I mean, Brian, we're going to talk about this throughout the show. If, if you start Tyler Van Dyke and he has another three interception game, then that's a, that's a bad reflection on the coaching staff. It is an awkward spot to be in, and that, as you mentioned, there's going to be an incredible visitor list at the Florida State game. You don't want those recruits, because many of them, let's be honest, are prime targets for the Miami Hurricanes, just like they are for the Florida State Seminoles. Yeah, that that quarterback decision and how you play this game, it is massive, and I I honestly think that most games, just like one-game deals, even in a rivalry, doesn't sway recruits. But the way things are going at Miami, it could be the final nail in the coffin if you play really, really bad. Right. And that's just reality. It, it's a very unique scenario. Florida State's trending high, and Miami's hit not rock bottom, but they're for the last few weeks, I mean, it's been a roller coaster. So a lot of pressure. Yeah, like a couple things about Florida State. Um, I, I think it's really important, and I could say this about any game, but especially this one. Miami's got to start fast because Florida State, they've got a lot of second-half shutouts. Like, they really put the clamps down in the second half of games. So, you know, you, you can't go into the locker room down 10 points and expect, oh, maybe we can do what we did against Clemson and come from behind 10. But it's not going to happen in a game like this, Brian. So Miami's got to start fast. And, 
you know, you've got to, of course, be fit. This is one area where I think Miami can compete is at the line of scrimmage because their physicality has not been the problem. You know, Florida State, uh, they're 57th against the run. So sometimes you can get some yardage on them, but then it's not easy to actually score on them. So hopefully with a healthy A.J. Allen, Mario Cristobal says he's back this week and Mark Fletcher continuing to do what he can do. Um, you know, could you see Miami? You know, we'll, we'll talk about quarterback, but just in terms of physicality in the running game, could you see Miami having any success this week? They're the more physical team overall, but it's not like light, lights out either. Uh, yeah. Florida State has some NFL talent like Jared Verse. I'm excited to see how he does against Miami's offensive tackles. Those are the games within the game that are fun. But I think Miami's going to run the ball some. The question is, how much do they just say, you know what? Tyler is not playing good. We're just going to bring everybody up. That's the first question I'm curious about. That Florida State's not a eight-man-in-the-box kind of team necessarily, but maybe they're just like, we know they're going to want to run, especially early. So that stuff's fun. But the really big matchup for me, the Miami defensive front and overall, they've got 30 sacks this year. Alex, a lot of that's just holding on to the ball. The defense does a good job in the back end, and those guys just work hard, something that Cristobal preaches, and they get what I call secondary sacks, like it's just hustle. Miami's going against an okay but not great offensive line. Watch out for the right tackle for Florida State. He is uh, of much consternation amongst FSU fans because Mr. Byers hasn't been that great. Going against Ruben Bain is probably not going to be a good time for him, and that's where I think physicality is really going to be important. Jordan Travis only been sacked 12 times this year. Wow. That's not much. I mean, they've done a no. really good job, but he he's a freak athlete too. Part of that is he makes guys miss. Normal quarterback, that's probably 18 to 20. They're not a great pass blocking team, in my opinion. It's a little overrated, but Miami does a tremendous job up front with physicality. That that could be interesting. If they can get a couple sacks early, flustering, the game changes. Something every Miami fan wants to know is uh, which receivers will they be going up against? How much do we know about the health of Keon Coleman, who missed last week for Florida State, and Johnny Wilson, who's missed the last couple weeks? This is, well, basically what I had told you yesterday. Even Vegas hadn't changed the line right before the game for Florida State at Pitt. And Keon Coleman's as good a receiver as there is in college football. And he's on street clothes and on the sideline. If you can hide that from those people in Vegas, and they do everything in their power to get, you're not going to know anything. Norvell's like any other college coach. He dances around questions and he wants to answer injury news about as much as I want to be punched in the nose. You're not going to get <laughs> yeah. anything. I mean, especially for this game, why would he? You know, but they had four guys out, one barely played, et cetera, like Destin Hill. They were, for whatever reason, they just had a bad deal with injuries at that spot. And two of them ran NFL players. Now, Johnny, yeah. I think, has missed two or three games in a row. I'd be shocked if he doesn't play. I don't even know what Keon's ailment is. That's how close, like, they're, they're just not going to give anything. But what are the chances, if it's a minor injury, he's not suited up and in the starting lineup? Even if he's 75%, Keon at 75%, how many guys are better? <laughs> not many. Not many. That guy is special. So... He's going to be a number one receiver at the NFL level someday. They're going to find a way. Uh, my bigger concern for Miami is all the secondary pieces because they got three tight ends last week with all those guys out. They combined for 12 catches, yeah. 144 yards, five first downs, and a touchdown. Yeah, That's – I mean, it's ridiculous. I'm like, all these guys are out. I stopped because I started to watch the game. And I was doing something else. I put everything – I'm like, wait a minute. He's not playing. He's not playing. 
then I'm like, okay, Pittsburgh's got a chance here. Yeah. But Jordan Travis threw for 360. <laughs> Without all those weapons. It's crazy. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's amazing. I give yeah. the kid credit. And Pittsburgh's yeah. defense is aggressive. They did pretty good yeah. in the first half, but Florida State found a way to grind it out. Yeah, they're probably going to have a few more options and not have to grind it out quite as much this week. So coming up next, I want to break this down because Brian, he wrote an awesome, awesome article this morning at allhurricanes.com about the anatomy of a quarterback change, right? And we we all talked about it on Monday. Mario Cristobal in two different media availabilities didn't fully commit to Tyler Van Dyke. So it, it leaves a shroud of mystery. Is it going to be TVD? Is it going to be Emory Williams? Could it be Jakari Brown? Uh, we don't know. Maybe he doesn't want Mike Norvell to know. But if Miami is going to make a change this weekend, what actually has to happen in practice for that transition to be as smooth as possible? Brian is going to help us break that down. So you know what you want to do? You want to keep it right here. We are only getting started on this episode of Locked on Canes. I'm only getting started on prize picks. Prize picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in all of North America the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS because it's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you just pick more or less than on two to six player stat projections and you watch the winnings roll in. Guys, I've never had this fun making 25 times my money up to 25x like I have on prize picks. You can turn $10 into $25 with just a couple of clicks. Again, it takes less than 60 seconds to make your selection. Select two to six players, hit more or less, and you can watch the winnings roll in. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stats are what makes Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. And guys, Prize Picks now offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this football season. So, guys, what you want to do is go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use our code locked on college for a first deposit match up to 100 bucks. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use code locked on college, all one word, for a first deposit match up to 100 bucks. Prize picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. And Anytime Brian Smith joins us, he's brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. So, Brian, um, I know the worst fear of Hurricanes fans this Saturday would be start Tyler Van Dyke again. You kind of pretend that the last four starts and 10 interceptions didn't happen because, hey, it's Florida State week. The bet, because I, I've said this, if you can get the best version of Tyler Van Dyke, like the September version of him, that would be the guy that gives you the best chance of beating the Seminoles. The problem is we haven't seen that version of him in over a month. Uh, so the biggest nightmare for Hurricane fans would be you trot out Van Dyke like nothing's changed. He has another three interception game and, you know, Miami gets destroyed against Florida State, you've also noted that making a quarterback change, especially for a game like this, it's a complicated thing for a college football team to do. What goes into that? And do you think Miami might be doing that this week? Here's the disconnect. Fans look at it from a long-term perspective. Their only objective by and large is when do we win a national title? It's just a one-prong simplistic thing. Well, coaching is not that way. (laughs) 
especially when it comes to the quarterback position, a thousand reps between that signal caller and his primary receiver is just a drop in the bucket. You can't possibly get enough reps even for him, let alone number two and number three being Brown and Williams, whoever is number two or three, whatever it is, you can't do it. So that's a huge conundrum. And then there's the signals and then there's all the chemistry with the offensive line, making checks. It's a nightmare to do even before the season. Like if you see a big change in fall camp, one guy just gets better. You used to have a little chance Mm -hmm. in the middle of a year. I mean, you're, you're throwing caution to the wind. And this isn't my opinion. This is from talking to college coaches. So they know how hard it is on top of that. And this is the one that is touchy and it's sentimental. It's subjective. It's the locker room, especially those junior seniors and fifth year seniors. Do you really think they care about hearing about next? They put on all those pads and done all that workout stuff for hours and hours every day, weeks, months, and years. And now you're saying you're planning for, you know, basically the future. How well do you think that goes over? And I've had a lot of coaches talk to me about that as well. It's a nightmare because you can lose a team really quick, especially like captains and key guys. Right. Think about Matt Lee. He transfers in. He's This is his last year. Tell him that you're going to go to a different guy all of a sudden that he, you know, like Tyler was there to meet him when he visited Miami. There are connections there and personalities that are just connected to Tyler whether the Miami fans want to hear it or not. And that is very complex. So if Mario pulls the plug, especially to start the game, it's one thing that goes out and it's just, mm-hmm. if he plays terrible by halftime, it is what it is. You, you know, you make the change at half. But like before the game, there are a lot of possible bad things that can happen with your roster. So that that's rough. And I just don't know if fans understand it from that perspective or want to because they want to win now. I get mm-hmm. it. But because he's playing so bad, they also want to hear about the future. And Emory's not a guarantee in either Shikari. There's a lot of lot of problems there. But I guess like my counterpoint to that with what you're saying about the locker room is I think it could be just as bad or even worse if you keep starting the quarterback who mm-hmm. has been like single-handedly, you know, obviously, and, and I want to make this clear. I also think the offensive play calling could be could be better and a lot more creative. And I will also point out that Shannon Dawson is not only the offensive coordinator, he is the quarterback's coach. Mm-hmm. So it is his job to get Tyler Van Dyke prepared to play these games. He's not looked prepared in recent weeks. How much of that is on him? Probably most of it, but I think some of it goes on Dawson as well. But at the same time, with how much Van Dyke has been struggling, if you keep playing him uh, and he keeps playing the way he's been playing for the last month, uh, doesn't that then also risk like, cause couldn't, might the locker room be like, man, we're, we're still any other position. This guy's play guy. He gets benched by now. Like if I'm a running back, I fumble a couple times. I get benched, right? If I, if I miss a couple of blocks on the offensive line, I'm getting benched. Might the locker room look at it that way. You could lose them if you keep playing him. There's part of that, but I think most football players, especially the upperclassmen, understand that quarterback's different. Mm, Like their reps and what they got to go through. A fumble is huge, but like to get to the point to be the starting quarterback, the amount of work and the effort with the playbook and knowing everybody else's assignment. If you're the QB, you got to know where everybody is, not just you. You know, I used to have a buddy that was an offensive lineman that played big time football. And he said, only thing I got to know is like what assignment they want. I don't, I don't pay attention to anything else. I'm like, wow, that's pretty simple. It's not that way with quarterback, man. No. So, unfortunately, you, you're going to tick some people off either way. Yeah. There is not a 100% good answer here. That's the starting point. Crystal Ball knows that. Dawson knows that. 
But at the same time, this is the guy that got you there. And they're probably going to ride with him in my opinion, because it can cause a lot of problems if they don't. And well, here's the other thing. Do you really want Emory or Jakari walking into Florida state being the starter? Right. It would be Emory's first road start. Brown yeah. started the Clemson game last year. How'd that go? What was it? He threw for 80 yards or something? 90 Not yards? Good. Not good. It's, I mean, that's a pretty good defense, a ferocious pass rush, and that crowd really hates you. Those are <laughs> bad things for an inexperienced quarterback to experience. It's just true. So I really think that they got to be careful how they play this. And the, and the big question, and I don't know the answer to this. I'll, I'll throw it to you. If he does stink it up, like one touchdown, two picks, and a fumble in the first half, do you make the switch at halftime? I think you have to, and and it, it's it's a it's a worthy point because up to now, um, they they've stuck with him. Like when when sure. he's had clunkers, they've kept him in games. Obviously, it wasn't the case last season against Middle Tennessee State. They pulled him, but this year they've allowed Tyler Van Dyke. They've given him opportunities to come back and win games sure. where he's not playing well. Uh, obviously, this could be a different case because if he plays the way he played against NC State, the game's not going to be as close as it was against NC oh, State. God. So, I mean, it, it could get ugly. Miami, what they hold him to? 220, 230? I mean, NC State's yeah. offense was abysmal. It was Terrible. worse than in Miami. The third, in the third quarter, they had five yards of offense. Miami's defense was legit in that game. They should yeah. be, if anybody's ticked off about Tyler, yeah. it's the starting defense and anybody that rotates in. Look. They balled out against NC State, and they were left out to dry. It's just yeah. true. Not all of it's on Tyler. The receivers got to do a better job, blah, blah, blah. But a lot of it is. So I get it. But again, man, that's that's the one spot on the field where there's so much that goes into it. There's more than, well, we just need to try somebody else. It's very complex. Yeah, and to what you're saying, if if Tyler does start, I think you have to have a short leash. I don't think you can play it the way you played it in recent weeks. Now, on the flip side of it, Brian, I will also say that, yes, there's a lot that goes into a quarterback change. I feel like, though, the coaching staff, if they weren't ready to potentially make that this week, then they're getting caught with their pants down because it's not like last week was the first time Van Dyke struggled. I mean, he struggled since the first game in October. So uh, if if they go into this week saying, well, we can't make a quarterback change because the other two guys just are right. nowhere near ready to play, I've got to put that on coaching because it's it's sure. been more than a month you've been going through these quarterback struggles. You should be getting these guys prepared to play in case. I think that at the very least, and I know this has been called for on X and on Facebook and different places that you and I frequent, Brown in a package. Like, let's take it back to the NC State game. I, I love Mark Fletcher Jr. Great kid, great player, all that. But did anybody really think he wasn't getting the ball on that fourth down? I mean, yeah. I mean, they don't have any faith at Tyler. And right there, I mean, if you run a bootleg – and he just naked bootleg. He might walk into the end zone. That's what I was hoping they were yeah. going to call. Yeah. But they got to have something up. Brown in in the red zone may not be a bad or short yardage. Yeah. If you've ever stood next to him, and I assume you have, his arms are as yes. big as my legs. He's huge. <laughs> He's. I mean, that young man has not missed any workout time. No, no. they've got to get a way to find his abilities into the game. If Emory's in there, you could play him third and six inches. Who would you rather have sneaking the ball, Brown or Willie? I mean, Emory's pretty big, but he's not. But Brown, not the yeah. athlete. Yeah, there's got to be something like that at least. Um, I'm not saying I'm a big fan of quarterback being rotated, but they're uh, watching him just throw picks. He's got ten in four games. Yeah, it's, it's not an acceptable answer either. Yeah. I agree with the short leech. I just don't know how you do it because I don't think there's a good answer. 
But at that point, you know, it just is what it is. So with that said, I'm going to ask Brian on the other side, if it's Mario Cristobal or Mike Norvell, who has more pressure on them this weekend when Miami takes on Florida State. I also want to talk about four-star committed wide receiver Chance Robinson, because there's been some chatter, uh, him taking visits elsewhere, some of the comments he made after his Ole Miss visit. How concerned should Hurricanes fans be about a potential flip? You want to keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. You can score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, which are so much fun, over-unders, and more. And by the way, God bless whoever's putting money on Miami because the line is actually shrinking. The Hurricanes are now 13 and a half point underdogs when I saw it at 14 and a half and 15 and a half earlier on this week. So uh, may, maybe the Sharps know something that, that some of us don't hear. So check that out uh, if you want. If you're interested in that game at FanDuel, guys, I'm telling you, this is the most fun you're going to have. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off that NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. Guys, it's kind of almost Friday. We're getting closer. Friday morning, 11 a.m. to noon, each and every Friday, we have Locked on College Football Kickoff Live. Join me, Drake Toll, and Kenton Gibbs talking about all the big games and big storylines. You can watch it live 11 a.m. to noon right here on this YouTube channel, Locked on Canes, and on every college Locked on YouTube channel. Locked on College Football Kickoff Live, Fridays at 11 a.m. Brian Smith is with us here. So, you know, Brian, I, I mentioned uh, pressure for different reasons. Cristobal to get the quarterback thing right and to keep the game competitive, if not win the game outright. Whereas for Mike Norvell, this is a must win. Like Florida State, 9-0, and so much hype. College football playoff team if the season ended today. Do you think Norvell or Cristobal has more pressure this game? Uh, I think it's Norvell. I mean... The implosion, if you will, of Florida State fans, if he were to lose this game, couldn't be quantified. They had four losing seasons in a row. You know, we talk about Miami struggling right now, and they've had some ups and downs. I don't recall a four consecutive losing seasons in Coral Gables. So I think that would be catastrophic. I know you mentioned a few minutes ago that the point spread's 13 and a half or whatever. That's still basically two touchdowns for yeah. a reason. Yeah. If I had to guess... I'd imagine some people are just trying to take a flyer because they think they can make some money here, but whatever it is, that that's their decision. I still think that Florida state's the far better team. Uh, you got a quarterback that just threw for three sixty without two NFL receivers in the lineup. Things are pretty good in Tallahassee. So yeah, they would have to implode to a certain degree. They'd have to turn it over, have a punt block, something like that. And that's something I'm talking about right now in all hurricanes, an article about what would have to happen directly related to Jordan Travis. They got to get after him for one. Yeah. Is that realistic? Probably, but is it enough to win? Uh, Mike Norvell is going to take some heat if they lose this game. Yeah, no doubt. Um, how concerned should Miami fans be about Chance Robinson? I have talked to some people that kind of, they, they, they still think he's, and again, you can never say locked in in this day and age because recruiting right. is what it is, right? But people that I talk to think that he's probably still more secure with Miami than it kind of looks on the surface, but 
he just made a visit to Ole Miss last weekend, and it's I, I don't know if Lane Kiffin was expecting him to like directly quote what he said because it, it kind of shows you a little bit of the negative. Whether this is true or not, it may be true, but it goes to show you what coaches say about other programs because Lane Kiffin told him, if you want to be a wide, like if you want to be developed as a wide receiver, you don't go to Miami. He told him, like, you go to Ole Miss and Ohio State, you go to Miami if you're an offensive lineman. That, that's what he told Chance Robinson. So, you know, negative recruiting does happen. And Chance is going to be visiting Ohio State this weekend, Brian. How concerned should Miami fans be? Ohio State's that one school with a wide receiver. You should always be concerned. Yeah. That's my open-ended response. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming him and Jeremiah are going to even fly up together, if I was to guess. So, yeah, it's somewhat concerning. But out of all the times I've spoken with Chance Robinson, I don't really remember even once Ohio State being the thing. I think he's infatuated. I just don't think he wants to go that far from home. Jeremiah is a different personality. They're totally different personalities. I'd be surprised if that's where he went. I always thought if Chance went somewhere, it would be one of the other Florida schools. I think he's more of a Florida kid. Jeremiah could fit in anywhere. He's he's pretty relaxed. Chance fits Florida. It would be Florida, Florida State, if I was the guess. I, I just always thought that way. And I still think he'll end up with Miami. But at the same time, like you said, he visited Ole Miss. He's going to visit Ohio State. And he's probably not real happy with what he's seeing on the field, too. As a receiver, there's no position you're connected to more than a quarterback. And that's right. And I get it. You know, he's probably pretty annoyed, but he, he would be with Emory and Jakari anyway, because Tyler is not going to be here next year come hell or high water, in my opinion. But yeah. I just think that that's something that he's looking at. And it, it, it's probably rough when you see other teams winning and doing better. So I get it. So, um, and and we do think about the future now. It's fans at quarterback, right? We've seen a little bit of Emery this year. Um, have you had a chance to keep up with guys like Judd Anderson, class of 2024, and Luke Nickel, class of 2025, who's committed to Miami? Is the future bright at quarterback if the present is not? Nickel is the one that's really interesting to me because he has further to go. He's a junior. Yeah. His team went eight and two in the regular season. I looked into that a little bit. He plays at a good program in Milton on the north side of Atlanta. He's had a good year. That's a really unique deal, though, because he's playing with some guys and he's playing against really hard competition. So for them to go eight and two and him only be a junior and he's like really taken over is a great sign. Judd's situation is different. He transferred at the beginning of his senior year. See, anything you get out of that, in my opinion, we were just talking about like taking Tyler out. Mm -hmm. I mean, they didn't even have him in fall camp, you know, right. at Warner Robins, and he's he's helped that program. So He's a mature kid, and I think he's got a long way to go, like most young quarterbacks do. But seeing that transition gives me a little bit more hope because that's almost impossible to do. And I know he's playing with some talented guys, but still, that's that's not a that's not an easy situation. So Miami's gaining another quarterback, and then the year after they're going to get one again. That they both have talent. That's all you can ask. How it ends up being the starter anymore? I don't make those predictions anymore, Alex. That stuff is. <laughs> Especially after this year, I, I've kind of taken myself out of that realm. I hear you. Well, this man does an awesome job. Follow him on X at FB Scout underscore Florida. Check out his work at allhurricanes.com. And I've, I've already talked about his his piece on what really goes into a quarterback change. It's a must read. I think you have to check it out. Uh, we've been covering the quarterback stuff all week at All Hurricanes. I've written some articles about that as well. So check it out, allhurricanes.com. Brian Smith, thank you so much and enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure with the recruiting overlord. We will talk to you guys again tomorrow on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.